All right, we are back. It's your boy, Jordan Sarmo. We got Ross the boss Howdy. in the house. What up, baby? What are you doing? Oh, nothing, dude. <laughs> oh, nothing. We start the man. podcast, and I'm like, we got Ross. Let's do this intro again. We got Ross the boss in the house. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, my goodness. Man, it's, it's good to be back. It so feels my like it was my assistant was texting me right when you said that, and I was like, "Oh, Uh-oh. it's all good. <laughs> it's all good." If you're watching on Rumble, you'll see you see that we are looking at each other, and I'm like, "What are you doing, bro?" But if you're not watching on Rumble, bro. then you're just you're just you're just you're just listening to us being obnoxious and having random times of silence. Bro. Um, <laughs> but everyone that's listening, thank you so much. Uh, speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Don't forget, put in your email. It's the one way that we can stay in touch with you if we get deplatformed. Um, but outside of that, Ross, how was your weekend? You've been quiet on the social media these, these last couple of days. I just checked your main Instagram account and it said, Ross the boss has not posted in six days on his main account until I guess like 30 minutes ago. Cause you just did. Yeah. 30. I was, so I keep checking to see if they've taken away the algorithmic uh, depletion yet. If they stop shadow banning me because you know, I made a video today joking it, uh, which nobody was allowed to see. So I had to put it on my backup account and now thousands of people see it, but it's just frustrating because it's uh, I mean, literally the fact checkers are incorrect. I know. Even even about what they're saying that you're saying because it's an AI bot that does it. So like you could have the word Fauci, yellow, his wife and NIH and FDA in the same paragraph and the paragraph could be completely different than another paragraph but the AI bots will be like this is false information. We already de- debunked this particular topic. So they assume that you're doing the same thing and there's no one for you to contact. So you just yeah. have to wait out your ill-gained timeout while they basically stunt the growth of your crap because you dare to talk about something that's not approved to talk about right now. Which, and it's which, like, which can be 30 to 90 days. I mean, yeah, that, and, that's I mean what... it's thousands of dollars for me already. Thousands of dollars already. Yeah. And I'm like, this is crazy that, number one, all right, I better go ahead and get off Instagram, get all my people onto something I can actually keep. That's the first right. thing that's the thought is. The second thought is, dude, these guys are evil because they're not just like, you know, it, we're wrong for not getting the vaccine, and that makes us evil in their eyes somehow. But when we say, no, we're telling you ivermectin actually works, and there's thousands of doctors that are saying that it does, and then they say it doesn't work, it's not evil somehow. It's right. not evil that you cause people to die because you won't simply say, well, the side effects aren't that bad. We might as well try the damn thing. Right? right? You won't even admit that. No, you got a shutdown speech about it for like a solid year, you assholes, and you were wrong the whole time too about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Bro, yeah. no, cool. Well, that's how, and no that's how cool. they did – I mean that's how they've done everything. The media – January 6th, they silenced Trump. Now we know that Trump wasn't the cause of January 6th, which is the yeah, FBI. Yeah, FBI released that, that there was no mainstream connection yep. to Trump and there was no guided effort behind the scenes that was mass cooperation. None of it. They didn't. Most everybody had no idea what was going to happen after they opened the doors. They were just like showing up and being a little rowdy. Yeah. And what they do is they they put out, they'll, they'll stop you, suppress you, put out a bunch of fake news or misinformation, and then they'll correct it two weeks later or one week later, but the damage has already been done or six then, months later or right. six or six months later. I mean, the, the thing that you, I just, you're right. I, I've been out of the loop the last couple of days cause I was in Chicago. Um, but I mean, you had Rachel Maddow that straight up put, I mean, she's one of the biggest liberal left, you know, TV commentators on mainstream media today and purposely put out misinformation about ivermectin said it's basically horse paste and that you can turn into a horse and the, the hospitals are completely packed and didn't correct it. Yeah, they, they, they were the- saying they were saying that gunshot victims were not able to get into a hospital because people that overdosed on horse dewormer Complete ivermectin BS. were in the ICU taking up the beds. That's what they said. It but they can do that. Absolute lie. Every piece of it was a lie. Yep. Every piece of it, even the picture that the Rolling Stones used for the article was a lie. Yeah. Even even the they called the hospital. The hospital said they had none, not one event of that. And Rachel Maddow knew that for yep. a full for a full seventeen plus hours after, like full. Somebody Has she came corrected to her. it yet? Has she corrected it? I yet? don't. I don't know. She didn't no, correct it last night for fifteen at, extra hours. 
Yeah. So, so you know someone came into her and said, hey, actually, oh, that's yeah. not right. And people are actually getting fixed from it. And she's like, thanks for telling me. And then leaves yeah. it up for 15 hours. And you dare to call other people evil? Yeah. No, that, that is what they do. And they can do it when they have 90% of the mainstream media. They can do that when they have the fact checkers. They can do that when they run the narrative. They just can't. Yeah, they've and, got a whole team of squash yeah. you every which way. So you have no way of getting out and finding out the truth. Exactly. It's, and it's one it's of our biggest frustrations. It's one of our biggest frustrations, especially for us of those that are on social media we're trying to get the truth out there, and then boom, you get hit with this fact check. And what does this fact check do? It doesn't matter if it's on or if it's right or it's wrong because, you know, I just got fact checked twice over the last 30 days. One of them, because it was an AI bot, I had someone to contact, which was Lead Stories, and they were like, yes, we are um, – or was it Lead Stories? There was lead, there's, Probably. There's lead big, Stories is always Yeah, and, and Lead Stories was like, oh, you know, you are correct. You just got to issue a correction, and so stupid. They ended up taking that off, which is great. But the other one is an AI bot from Instagram. And they said, well, you got to get a hold of Instagram. There's no way, there's nowhere to get a hold of Instagram. So if one of their AI bots said, you know what, screw your account. Now, literally, and it's not about the numbers. It's not about likes. I really could care less. But it, what sucks is when you can't get the truth out anymore. And that's what's happening yeah. now because my Instagram story, when you, if you're listening and you follow me on Instagram, 18 to 20,000 people were seeing that. So when I can say, hey, we're going to do a show tonight, or hey, look at this article, or hey, Fauci completely lied about the gain-of-function research in Australia, and I want to put this out. Now, because of this stupid AI bot, I only have 1,000 people. We're talking 80% decrease of awareness because we have some stupid AI bot that is controlling our newsfeed. It's complete. It's right, ridiculous. It's a, bot. it's a bot who doesn't, who's not even, you know, and I think you, you meant Wuhan lab, not Australia. Did but, I say, uh, I'm looking at Topher right now. We have a, we have an awesome guest tonight that we're about to bring in a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking about Australia already. I want to get to it, but yes, I meant, I meant, but so uh, the, uh, the, uh, what were you just saying? You got me confused now. What'd you say? What was I was talking talk about. Oh, the AI bots. So yeah, the AI bots. So, and the, the annoying part is, is that it's not even a human being connected to it at all. And it's almost like there's literally a funnel that is like, there's no way this hasn't pissed enough people off that they've called into Instagram some kind of way and been like, Hey, are you guys aware yeah. that there's this giant dead end that anybody that mentions these categories just gets like slapped on the wrist for yeah. multiple thousands of dollars worth of a slap on the wrist for something that is not even accurate. You know, you know that they know. Yep. So it's just like, you know, what's her name? Wake up with Linda told me she was like, you need to you need to uh, get a Facebook account, link the two together and then run a business on Facebook and Instagram with it. And then yeah. you can contact Facebook Merchandise Center yep. and be like, hey, y'all are screwing up my business on Instagram. And then they can contact somebody who can contact somebody who can do something about something. Yeah, but I'm like, that. yeah. I'm like, I got to do all this. And like, I'm, I don't, like, I barely have enough time to do my taxes, dog. Like, I'm so behind. Oh, God, I know. I have to, <laughs> I have an appointment. I actually so have an appointment I, tomorrow to do my taxes that are already six like, months like, behind. Like, <laughs> I have like a too. week I'm, with I'm the say, And I got a whole family, dog. Dear God. Um, but, but I've been running this local stuff, though, dude. I've been getting in local politics, man. I've been, uh, I've been talking to all the different conservative groups. I got them all united in like the Hampton Roads area where I was at. And, uh, and, um, so I, I named it Citizens in Force. So there's like a. So you so actually got, started a group for local politics. Yeah, to put yeah for local for for like people showing up, getting to places. You know, we got to have bodies show up places, and you know, protest, block. You know, do nonviolent, obviously not. You know, everything legal, but like we just need a lot of people to help. <laughs> you got to say that nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah, because CIA will listen to this, and then I'll get canceled for the next seven years for some bullshit, dude. Fuck the. I'm sorry. Hey, screw, hey. screw these, screw these guys. I'm so <laughs> sick of this nonsense, dog. I hate it. It's like it's so not fair. Do you know how many lefties I would dominate in any normal kind of a a traditional conversation? They would just bend over and be like okay you win but because we have all this technology that's on their side they they would never stand a conversation like Topher I bet you when when you go talk to people you can come in on a second sorry Topher but you probably run into this where they don't know what the heck they're talking about and it's so easy to overpower them but the system is so powerful that's behind them but it wouldn't stand up under any reasonable like argument a traditional debate or anything like that like you would dominate and it's so frustrating to be hindered yeah. like this 
and and to not be able to tell the truth without being silenced this way. And I think that the uh, I think men are sick of this, and I think we're gonna have our day soon. No, we, we will. Um, couple things before we bring on Topher, our guest tonight, which I'm really excited about. There's a lot going on in the world right now. I mean, we got, I posted some videos earlier today. Canada, man, is lit. Canada is lit. France is see, lit. I didn't see anything Netherlands about Netherlands is lit. Brazil is lit. Netherlands I mean, too? Dude, Netherlands had like hundreds of thousands of people there a couple days ago. They were out in the streets. It is freaking lit. Netherlands is Amsterdam. Yes. It is freaking lit all over the world. Today, bro, Brazil, they had to have at least 2 million people hitting the streets. Oh, the dude, videos, I saw that, bro. The videos I saw, I don't know if I've ever seen so many people, and it wasn't just in one location. It was in multiple locations. The beach, for miles on both sides, I could not see the end. Um, now, I, I did talk to multiple people from Brazil. One person that actually works right, I mean, meets, has met with the president, meets with the president of Brazil once a week. Um, what did they say? I've heard com- conflicting. Yes, it's real right now. There's just so much going on. The, the government is corrupt. The government sucks. They have a Supreme Court basically that's going on in Brazil right now. They are corrupt judges. And they are basically political activists that are targeting one. They're t- targeting conservatives. They're targeting uh, even, I mean, the conservative politicians. They put them in, one of them has actually been put in jail. But there are conflict. I mean, there are stuffs on both sides. But what's really coming down is the people, for the first time, soccer is not the number one conversation in Brazil. And I think that's what we need to focus on more than anything is the people in Brazil are saying, yo, we do not want, we already saw what happened in Venezuela. We already see what might happen to Colombia because Colombia is like one election away from having Venezuelan 2.0 happening in Colombia because of the FARC and the Garilla and, and all that stuff. Well, there's judges that are also supposedly linked to the FARC, same exact stuff. The FARC, by the way, are like kind of the, the cartel of that nation. But with all that being said, the thing to focus on what's happening is the world is waking up. I right. feel like America is like last behind. America is just like slow. Yeah. We're slow well, you as know, hell. What's, what, what I'm seeing now that I've been getting involved with this local stuff is that it's, it's actually not. It's just happening in pockets rather yeah, than all together. You know, I went to I went to this school board this uh, pre school board rally thingy like a week ago when I started all this. I went there and uh, I mean there was probably only thirty people there, but they were pissed, dude. Yeah. And they were like, "We are gonna." They were meeting in the back of this like little shop. I won't say what kind of shop, but it was like just like a little like a random like bacon shop or something. Where it was like, "What in the heck?" And they yeah. were like, "We're gonna remember the days fifty years from now. We're gonna go." Do y'all remember when we had to meet in secret to go? Dude, we are not. Letting yep. these, there, we're not going to let them legislate no, us into tyranny. Get out of here! You know what I'm saying? You're going to, you're not going to pretend I'm sick Come and on. then get all of my rights. You're not going to pretend I'm sick and then sneak past the entire Bill of Rights Literally. and just go right for the jugular. You sneaky jokers! You yeah. know, golly, they don't that play. That well, and that's what's got to be that, worn out. And that's what's happening to Justin Trudeau right now in Canada. He is on a little bus tour right now, going around different places. And he's just and he's being thrown pu- stuff at him pushing, and everything. He's pushing the vax. He's pushing the mandates. And every stop, there is crowds of people. I mean, you communist traitor, you tyrant. They are not relenting. And this is rare for Canada because can- Canadians are soft-spoken. They don't like conflict. I've been to Canada 25 times, so I can say this, and I have a bunch of Canadian friends. Don't call me racist and a white supremacist American. That, that is their culture. But to see the Canadians rising up, what this is, this is a sign that the whole world. This isn't an American issue. This isn't just an Australian issue like we're about to bring on Topher. This isn't just – this is a, compl- a world – issue and the whole world is waking up to see brazilians in the hundreds of thousands rising up is incredible because and that's the one thing that she said she goes it is pretty incredible that for the first time brazilians are they really care about politics and they care about their freedom uh, because again they they have not cared before so i wonder what's going to happen with this i wonder you know we've got millions we know we have millions now and it's like it's time no, it, it totally is. So with that, I mean, with that, dude, let's bring Topher. With that, let's bring Topher real quick. I'm going to give him a quick little intro. Topher Field is an Australian libertarian political commentator, activist. He's a filmmaker, 
um, who calls himself pro-human, pro-freedom, and pro-individualism. We had him on our Instagram live last week with Carly. It was probably one of my favorite lives, if not top three for sure, um, having him here. And I'm just pumped to have him here. Topher, it's great having you, bro. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me back. I, I do appreciate it. I do, uh, I do wish our time zones were a little more closely aligned and it was the evening for me as well as, as for you and I could be sipping whiskey and smoking cigars, but I'm just <laughs> going to have to have to settle for a morning, uh, morning cup of black tea. So, so you have, okay, so tea, because I would be like coffee. So you guys uh, the, the are The coffee will the... come soon. The okay, coffee the will cof- come soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, dude, real quick, give it, I mean, I know it gave you a little bio. Introduce yourself real quick in a sense of how did you get in politics um, and kind of, because what we want to talk about, I mean, our conversation that we had on our mm. Instagram live was just so eye-opening um, and there's just so much that- Which that's I going- didn't hear, so I'm excited to hear about some of that. Yes. Sure. Um, but if you want to go ahead and give your qu- quick one minute, two minute story, and then how you got in, into politics, I would lo- we would love to start with that. Sure, sure. I I was raised as a good little um, conservative in Australia. The word liberal means different to what it means in the U.S. So I, I'm when I'm talking about that sort of spectrum, I'm going to talk about conservative and progressive because my understanding is that that's language that that matches. Um, I was raised as a good little conservative, but a, a pro-government conservative. You know, the, the, the war on drugs is a good thing. Even when John Howard, and, and I, I no longer feel this way at all, um, but when John Howard, our prime minister at the time, took away all the guns because he was a conservative prime minister, hmm. I was like, well, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's got our best interests in mind and all that sort of thing. And uh, I've had a complete revolution on, on that issue and, and many others over the years. I first began commentating on politics 12 years ago. And I, I was Australia's among the first. I wasn't the first, but I was actually the largest independent political commentator or independent political journalist in Australia on YouTube at one time. I had the largest channel in that oh. category at one time. Uh, I then began to produce more content for Facebook rather than YouTube, just because it suited me better. I could I could write rather than having to make a video out of absolutely everything. Right. So I've been there now for uh, for about ten years, spanning a number of different issues and. Initially, I got into it because of mishandling of irrigation water for farmers. I'm a city boy, uh, but I have a big soft spot for farmers and I like food. So I I like to make sure that our irrigators can can grow food. (laughs) So uh, I I sort of became known as the city boy who was standing up for country issues and trying to get city people to engage with with some of these issues. But one thing has led to another and, and I've just found myself unable to to ignore a lot of what else has been going on. And so over the years, I've been a, a staunch defender of freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, the right to self-defense. And uh, now, of course, we, we hit the COVID era and yeah. my country went insane. My, my country completely lost its mind and we haven't yet got it back. And uh, so unfortunately, there's been a lot for me to say and a lot for me to do in the last year and a half since that happened. Well, let's let's talk about that because I mean we've all seen the videos. I mean, me and Ross, it's been one of the main discussions on a lot of the lives over the last couple of weeks. Because and unfortunately, we have been using your nation as a warning to the states. We're yeah, like, hey, me. do you see what's going on right now in Australia? Here's- like, this yeah. is a warning. If we do not speak up now, and you know, Topher, you have been on the front lines speaking up mm-hmm. long before COVID. Um, yeah. But I mean, one. We've seen the videos, the rubber bullets. I mean, the police, are they, is it, I mean, you guys are basically a police state right now. I mean. Uh, not basically, we are. We are a police are. state right now. We like martial are, law, basically. For practical purposes, yes. They haven't declared martial law, but we have a curfew. If you're out after a certain time, then you can be arrested. How is that not essentially martial law? Wow. Uh, the parliament is not functioning. The parliament is not meeting. And they keep on being suspended. Every time they get together to meet, uh, the government, which has a majority, votes to immediately suspend the function of parliament. Our judges, in my view, Oh, really are quick. Not so parliament is your government, just so is, that... Is our Congress. Is yeah. your Congress. Okay. Yeah. Parliament's the Congress who would meet to change things, but the majority are all going, we're going to delay it again. We're going to delay it again. We're Correct. Gonna, so that this thing just keeps progressing. And then we have, we have judges who, in my view, are not uh, doing their jobs at all. We've, we're, we've literally got judgments coming, being handed down, basically saying, yes, what the government is doing is probably not right, but it's an emergency. So we're not going to tell them they're wrong. And, and the judgments are pretty much, pretty much using that logic, right? Yes, they're probably in breach of the Human Rights Act, but it's an emergency. 
So wow. the, the government is just being given absolutely free reign. The police, I mean, I don't really need to elaborate too much on that. You've all seen the videos, but they are willingly becoming, I, I call them the, the paramilitary wing of the Victorian Labor Party, which is, that's our governing party right now. Mm. Uh, they, it's a little bit like um, during the IRA, during the Troubles in, in England, you had the uh, Sinn Féin, the political arm, and then you had the IRA, the actual, the violent arm. Yep. Uh, I would view that as essentially what's happened now, where Victoria Police are no longer a neutral law enforcement agency. They are now a politicised paramilitary wing. When we had uh, 10 to 15,000 people stage a Black Lives Matter rally, uh, some you know in in 2020, the police literally showed up and started kneeling in front of them and completely allowed them to to carry on. And uh, then the moment people started attending rallies against the government itself, out came the tear gas and the truncheons and the riot police and the, and the mounties and and so forth. So we are seeing a, a, a very serious situation now where the government is literally using everything at its disposal, every me method at its disposal to maintain its grip on power, to silence people like me who question them, to silence elected members of parliament who want to question them, but they can't now because parliament keeps being suspended. Um, and the, the question now is how bad is this going to get before it starts to get better? We're, we're, we're protesting. There are 10,000 people showing up to protests. The violence from the police has escalated each time. Uh, I'm currently sitting on a, a fairly explosive uh, bit of information that I can't share yet. I, I need to be fairly careful with how I do it in order to protect the people that, that have supplied me with the information. But the information that I'm receiving now is that uh, at the next protest, which is scheduled for two Saturdays' time, the police are being authorised to use, uh, and I quote, any force necessary. Oh, boy. Now, in the context of... You know, they've already used rubber bullets. They've already used yeah, beanbag what's next? rounds. There, there is no next level of violence that, that doesn't involve lethal force. Right. They've used Man, I just else. want everybody to, that's listening to that, zoom in for one second. They are saying you may harm other people's health yeah. for the sake of protecting Oof. their health. Mm -hmm. This is obviously not about preserving health no and, and no, we saw, we've seen that from the last protest in itself I and mean, you saw the videos where the police were like come on you pussy they were calling yeah. them names they were yeah. they they were and then on top of that i mean they were shooting with rubber bullets people were being injured they were bleeding like this yeah. so oh what's the Evil. next step here Evil. is would be lethal sorry keep keep finishing keep going Tofer. yeah look I, um ross you you literally made the exact point that i wanted to make that this <clears throat> you cannot argue that this is about health anymore this is about ego this is about power uh, and this is about him demanding and getting <clears throat> absolute unquestioning obedience from all victorians that's wow. what this has become about uh, we have a prime minister who is e effectively functionally comparable to your uh, president uh, that is as as useless as a as a I don't know an oily dish rag. He's 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 got absolutely no purpose. He's he's limp wristed, um, and he's done absolutely nothing to improve relations between the people of of the states of Australia and their governors. Uh, he's allowed Daniel Andrews to do all of what he's done, and in fact, in many ways, he's facilitated it because and Daniel the, Andrews is who. Oh, excuse me. Daniel Andrews is the, the Premier of Victoria, so the Governor, effectively, of Victoria. Uh, so the Governor the, of your state, for everybody. Of my state. Can, so so yeah. he's the one who is responsible for the violence that's been happening in our state. He's the one responsible for the police state and the effective martial law that we have. All of that has come from him. And uh, the, the, the Prime Minister, President equivalent, uh, is doing absolutely nothing to actually pull him into line in any way, shape or form. So... We're basically being left on our own. We don't have our, our judges have abandoned us. Our police have betrayed us. Uh, our uh, we have some good people in parliament, but they're not able to do their jobs uh, by design. And uh, our our federal government is allowing us to, to to be put through all of this and and not raising any kind of a protest at all about the level of violence being used. So we are very much on our own right now. Um, oh however, God. we are that's also so hard. that's so hard to hear. Yeah, Man, that's just. I'm really, really quick. So you guys, you guys have six states, and I just I want to kind of put this picture, because I'm, you know, I'm I'm thinking your prime minister. Okay, that's President Biden in a sense. They yep. are basically useless. 
Then you have six yeah. states, and this is New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, uh, Victoria, Western Australia. Now, what are the and big Tasmania. states? Yeah. Tasmania. What are the big states here? So population-wise, it's New South Wales, followed by Victoria, followed by Queensland. Okay. Um, so all that, eastern, all that eastern seaboard. Okay. And is, is Victoria the, the only state that's really, really bad right now, or are all the states kind of following this, the, the lead of Victoria? Victoria has been bad for the longest. We went bad in March 2020, and it, it hasn't really come good since. We've had a little bit of relief for a short period of time in there, but by and large, we've been under some form of restriction, some form of police state uh, for a year and a half now. New South Wales um, used to be laughing at us and saying, "Ah oh, ha ha! Look at Victoria! You know, look at look at the, the look at the Mexicans down there, as they like to call us." Mm. Um, and um, now, all of a sudden, their own premier, Gladys Berejiklian, has has turns tyrant on them as well. Wow. And, and that's where Sydney where, is, correct? That's where Sydney is. And, and so they've got, this is where we're seeing, and, and we saw all of this last year in Victoria, but it's now all happening in New South Wales. We're seeing people being arrested for being outside of their homes. Uh, we're seeing people being arrested because they, they took their mask off whilst they were at the beach, you know, or et cetera. And, and she's, she's managed to bring in this whole new kind of dystopian angle on, on the whole situation um, by having helicopters and drones flying overhead, playing a recorded voice message, telling people to get back in their homes and telling them people the police are on their way, get back in your homes. Um, you know, I posted I just, a video. I posted a video on my Instagram like yeah. six weeks ago. Yeah, that I was, yeah. yeah. And, and you just have to wonder: Can these people see themselves? It's crazy. Can they? Can they actually see that they are the arch villain of any? Pick your favorite dystopian sci-fi movie. On. They are the arch villain. That's that is the role that they are playing right now, and they are playing it disturbingly well. Wow. So so what is? I mean, Ross. Yeah. And Phil, no. Phil I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Sorry to cut you off, Jordan. I just want to respond to that for a second. Yeah, they're achieving the thing. So what is the people in Australia that are watching this all go down? What is the communication you are allowed to have with each other about your discontent levels? And then what options of hope do you, in y'all's collective mind, uh, what options of hope are y'all looking towards or, or what? Fill me in. There's, there's been a really interesting dynamic. Um, we, we are a prison island in, in a literal sense now, but that's also our heritage. It's where we came from. Uh, you know, we were, we were a prison colony. We were the place that England used to send all of their prisoners. And wow. we, we don't have a history and a heritage of freedom in the, in the way that Americans do, having fought a war of independence from the British, having actually kind of that as part baked into your national identity and your personal identity. We don't have that here. And so it's taken a very long time for people to really begin to, and I hate using the term wake up, but it is, it's the right term, begin to, to sort of wake up and understand what's happening right under their noses, what's happening right in front of them. Um, so for the, the, first, the first, I would say, 14 months, the first probably 13, 14 months of all of this was incredibly lonely. Uh, the, the protests were small. We were getting the crap beat out of us by the cops. Um, I, you know, the police were threatening us constantly with fines, with arrest, with you know, knocking on the door and trying to intimidate us and doing all of those sorts of things. And we didn't have a lot of support, or at least not a lot of support that we could see. And then I think something began to shift as we headed back into winter again this year. So we're in winter right now. We're actually just very early in spring right now. now when you say that, what, what are these conversations with the police like? Like you're, you're, you're doing a thing, you're at a function and the police show up and then they're like, what are y'all doing out of your house? Or are they like, no, sorry, see, we have see, to be these guys. Mm, I don't want to be no, these they're, guys. They're, they're much more clever than, than being verbally aggressive, apart from what, you know, what you've seen when they're actually trying to incite violence in that, in that moment on the front lines of a protest. They have this, this wonderful veneer of professionalism. Uh, and they've always got the, they're always ready with the, I'm just doing my job, right? No, 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 don't get angry at me. I'm just doing my job. It's like they've got it right here, right next to their, their pistol and their notebook and their blah, blah, blah. Got, I'm just doing my job, just right there, ready to go. And, and so they can, be, they can be very professional and they, they'll speak calmly and they'll do all the right things. They're very trained in, in that sense. Um, but ultimately, these, these individuals, and I look, I have family in the police force, and, and um, they don't appreciate me saying this, uh, but it's the truth. The, our police right now are indistinguishable from the Gestapo, indistinguishable from, from you know, World War II uh, guards at Auschwitz. They're just sitting wow. there saying, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just doing my job. And there's something really important to understand about the psychology. Golly. And, and 
the the this is this is an important it's 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 not relevant but it's but it's actually super relevant at the same time they divide the responsibility. So when you're on the front lines of a protest, you can see there's the frontline cops who are standing there with, with or without shields, with or without guns, whatever they may have. And then behind them are the people giving the orders. And so the person that gives the order, shoot, isn't the same person that pulls the trigger. So they don't have that mm. psychological thing of, I'm about to hurt that person. No, 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 they don't have that, right? They just say, right, we're losing control of the situation. We don't like what's happening here. We want to we push them back, whatever their rationale may be. Okay, guys, you can shoot. And then for the person who is actually saying, that guy, I'm going to shoot that guy, I, I'm just following orders. I'm just, you know, it's not my fault that the order was given, right? They've, they've divided the order giver from the trigger puller. And psychologically, that is what gives them their obedience. That's what, that's what allows these people mm. who are ordinarily perfectly nice and reasonable and rational people to do really cruel and irrational things because so, so they don't say, feel responsible for it. So would you say that, I mean, and you could even use your family as an example, majority of the police in, outside of when, they t when they're not wearing that uniform, do they agree mm. with the, what's going on? Um, I have a lot of police that reach out to me. Um, and I know that a lot of police are very, very unhappy with what's happening. Um, they, they, it, interestingly, it's mostly the police that have been in for a little while, and they're, they're through that honeymoon period. Uh, yeah. the, the ones that have only been in for three, four years in the force, they are the ones that are just doing what they're told. Right? Yeah, they're zealous a little bit probably. They're, they're a bit more zealous, and this is exciting, and the, the, the reality of just how cynical an organisation Victoria Police is hasn't, hasn't been shoved in their faces yet. Um, it's, it's the ones that have been in for 10 years and more that are sitting there going, what the hell? Who have we become? Uh, and thankfully, we are beginning to see more of them start to speak out. Now, I mean, 18 months too late, but okay. Uh, better late than so, never. We'll, we'll, so let's go back to my first question here, because this is kind of, I want to hear this. So when you're thinking of where this is headed, you and other Australians, what is the one or two options for hope that you think is the most likely? For an example, here in the United States, we're like, something's going to happen with election integrity, where we're, it's going to be so obvious that there was cheating eventually that people will be like, wow, we want we demand justice. So we're expecting a big stand up from that. Not that Trump might be reinstated from that. I'm kind of moved on from that, even though I'd love to see that happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So we're just going. We're kind of hope. like holding on to holding on on the ride until 2022. That's what it kind of feels like. It's yeah, like, just like, get to, to 2020. Midterms. If we can get yeah. to midterms and then if, if we fix the election process and then get to midterms, we're okay. We, we can do something with this because everybody's going to hate it. But if they cheat again, like I think they're going to do, we're screwed. But either way, that's our hope. That and then guns and people. What are y'all's hopes for this? So we don't, we don't have the guns and people option. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're a relatively small population, a very passive population, uh, and we're disarmed. So... That one is, is off the table, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, not that I would ever like to see it get there, but it's, I, I think that the fact that it is an option for you guys, um, psychologically, I right. think it improves your position quite substantially. Uh, and hopefully it never gets to that for you guys either. Yes, amen. In terms of practical, um, what are we holding on to? What are we looking forward to? Well, public opinion has shifted massively. So I, I said before, and I, I didn't finish my point, um, that early on it felt very, very lonely right, uh, standing up to all of this, because the overwhelming majority of Australians were simply agreeing with whatever the government told them and, and quite happy to go along with it. They were literally, we had people watching their businesses die, but saying, wow. oh, but it's for the best. You know, I, I can, you know, it's okay, I'll find a way to get through, but, it, you know, it's for the best, it's, it's for the good of the country, and this real, you know, I, I've said, I've joked before, we should, we should rename Stockholm Syndrome. I think we're being unkind on the city of Stockholm because they're standing up right now. It needs to be renamed Melbourne Syndrome because wow. we've perfected it. We have absolutely perfected falling in love with your captor, uh, which, is, which is what's happened here. So for a long time, that was the status quo. And only in the last couple of months have we really seen a huge shift in public opinion. People are getting exhausted. The, the orders are making less and less sense. We've, for example, we had the, the playgrounds shut so that children were not allowed to go and play on play equipment. Mm. Now, Australia has recorded precisely no cases of transmission between children and no cases of outdoor tra transmission, none whatsoever in, on the entire continent. And yet, they decide to shut down the children's playgrounds, which are outdoors. 
So more and more people, and, and what happened in the two weeks after that, he lost 12% of his support. His support went from 56% to 44%. When I say his, I mean Daniel Andrews, the, the Premier uh, of Victoria, Governor, Victoria. effectively, of Victoria. Yeah. He lost 12 percentage points of support in the two weeks after he made that decision. So I think they've, he's overplayed his hand a little bit and he's losing the public support. That's a good thing. But it doesn't translate to an automatic win because he still holds all of the, the positions of power, <clears throat> the organs of state, the police, the judges, uh, and control over the parliament. So we'll, we'll, we're going to have to wait and see how this plays out. We, we, we do have an election at the end of next year in Victoria, assuming that that is allowed to go ahead. Um, the, given well, probably that not with COVID. You'll have to mail your vote in. Well, that's right. It's going to be it's going to be a so, so safe and socially distanced um, <clears throat> election if it if it happens. Um, so we're into some really interesting and some really dangerous times. How will it play out? I don't know. I, I think we're through the worst of it in terms of the restrictions, in terms of the the actual you know being locked in your house, the curfews. I think we're in the worst of it right now, and God, because of where public opinion right, is hopefully. gone, I think it's going to start to improve. But two things are going to remain. Number one, the police state and the absolute intolerance for any protest for anyone that speaks out is going to remain. And the other thing that, that, that is a battle that has not peaked yet is the issue of vaccine passports. They're being pushed by our prime minister. They're being pushed by our state premiers. This idea that if you do not have the jab and a piece of paper to prove that you've had the jab, then you are a second class citizen and you don't have the same rights I, as I everybody read, else. Well, speaking yeah, on that, I read an article, 100%. which me and Ross, we both discussed last week uh, from The Atlantic and in the, the caption or the headline of the article is Australia has has Australia trade away their liberty. Um, and just the I'm just going to read a little uh, paragraph it says people in South Australia will be forced to download an app that combines facial recognition and geolocation. The state will text them at random times and thereafter, and they will have 15 minutes to take a picture of their face in the location where they are supposed to be. Is this true? Like, is this something that the, that the, the government and your governor or premier really wants to roll out to Victoria? 100%. Like I said before, these people can't see themselves. Wow. They, they, they have absolutely no self-awareness of who they've become and what they've become. And there is, no, there is nothing that is going too far in their mind. There is nothing that is unjustified. We're, we are seeing proposals for some pretty draconian stuff. We are seeing the Premier of Victoria, where I live, has started talking about the fact that pretty soon we're going to stop doing, having, lock, uh, having lockdowns and then we're going to start an era of lockouts. And what he means by that, and he's quite explicit about this, unvaccinated people will be locked out of venues. Yep. They won't be able to go shopping. They won't be able to go to the pub. They won't be able to you know, forget supermarkets, forget weddings and funerals. We are locking life. unvaccinated people out of life. <clears throat> we have a prime minister uh, who's been very, very explicit that you will not be allowed to leave Australia unless you are fully vaccinated. Wow. Uh, that movement between states is going to potentially continue to be restricted to the unvaccinated. So at both a federal level and at a state level, they are being very, very clear that they intend and actually have already begun in some small ways to introduce medical apartheid, a two-class uh, system like, like the movie Gattaca, where you had the approved people and the unapproved people and their worlds and their opportunities were two entirely different places. They lived in the same broad area, but they lived in two different worlds entirely. Guys, I want, exactly you, I, want, I want you to introduced. listen. I want you to listen to what Topher is saying right now. Me and Ross, Ross, we've been talking about this, bro. We've read the articles where it sounded like it was laughable when we read the article, the Biden I administration. Wish it was. Yeah. Seriously, the Biden administration is thinking about um, stopping state-to-state -state travel for the unvaccinated. And they, but the only reason why they're not is because they know it would be way too, too controversial. This, like, the stuff that we're, that we're saying is too controversial is literally being tested in other places of the world. Something like Australia, which is, you would never think Australia, this would happen. I, I would feel like you would be the last country. And everything you're saying even to right now about we are going to start locking out is exactly what Justin Trudeau has been saying in Canada this entire weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, everything's lockstep, dude. It's I, Everything's in lockstep, man. And, you know, like when I look at Canada, when I look at UK, when I look at Australia, uh, Topher, you're, you, in my mind, you guys are USA to the, to the West. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of, that's what we uh, think wish. of, you know? I wish. We're, and that's, and so to see other Western civilization types so quickly uh, have their rights stripped like this 
it, it is it is a staunch line in the sand that differs the United States of America with these other countries that I didn't have an appreciation for until this week, I would say. Yeah. I had an appreciation for it, but not to this depth. It went yeah. it went an experiential inch deeper. Um, you guys, you guys, you know, wow. and, and understand around the world, um, we're not as rah-rah America as Americans are, right? Um, <laughs> Americans are very rah-rah America and the rest of the world just kind of rolls their eyes and goes, oh, you know. But let me say this and, and understand that I mean this and this is coming from one of those people who is outside of America. I'm not a rah-rah America person, um, but, but this is the truth in the world today. If you lose America, there is nowhere for you to go. Hmm. Okay? If you let what's happening in Australia happen in America, there will be nowhere else for you to go. You guys have the best chance out of everybody to actually preserve what you've been given. I'm ashamed to say that my countrymen, not only are we failing to preserve the freedoms that we were given, we're actually willingly handing them over. Some people are excited to be, to be handing them over because the government is going to look after them. This is happening all over the Anglosphere. And I, I hold no hope for the UK. I hold no real hope for Canada. Uh, I hold, to be honest, I hold no real hope for Australia. I'm going to keep fighting. I'll keep doing what I can. Uh, I, I, I do think things are going to get better. It's not going to stay this bad the whole time. But we know from history that once governments get their hands on a certain amount like of power, that. they never give yeah. it back. They, you know, what is it now? This month, um, in just a couple of days, is going to be the 20th anniversary of September 11th. You remember the emergency um, anti-terrorism yep. powers that they brought in? They invented yep. an entirely new uh, bureaucracy in the US, the TSA. It was all going to be temporary while this high-risk, this high-threat environment existed. Well, now it's an ingrained part of society and it's never going away. The same thing's happened in Australia. You know, the same thing happens in every area of life. The income tax was a temporary tax to help fund World War I. Wow, well, how temporary so did that turn out to be, right? Uh, passports didn't exist before World War I. They were brought in to help make sure that you weren't allowing spies and other things in during World War I. And after World War I, the League of Nations actually held conventions on the abolishment of passports because they recognised that they were actually a violation of, of human rights. And they held multiple conventions. They couldn't get agreement and then ultimately just abandoned the idea because the countries began to say, well, actually, we like having control over who goes where and knowing who goes where and being able to stop our citizens from leaving and all of the all the control that, that the passports gave them, this temporary program, we can barely imagine a world without government-issued identification documents now. It seems inconceivable that you could move wow. around the world without a passport, but that was only 120-odd years ago that you were free to do that. When people came to Australia for the gold rush, which was well and truly pre-World War I, they didn't have passports. They, they, they got off the boat, put their name in a book, and then walked in. That's it. That's how, you, that's how you emigrated back then. And all of these things were brought in in emergencies as temporary programs. And they are all a, an ingrained part of our society now. So these powers that we've seen the Australian government abrogate to itself, they've locked Australian citizens out of Australia. They've locked other Australian citizens, all of us, millions of us, in to Australia. Citizenship means nothing now. You can't mm. even come home if you're an Australian citizen. You're still locked out. We're, we're locked out between our, our states. Our, all of our internal borders have been completely shut down. We have the military patrolling borders between states. We had this farcical scene on the New South Wales and Queensland border. You may have seen some images of it, where people were, for Father's Day, families were coming from both sides and setting up picnic tables across the top of the barriers, because they're only low barriers, right? They're not, they're not yeah. sky high. But setting up picnic tables so that they can actually be face-to-face -face with their loved ones across this magical, invisible line that they've dropped a bunch of barriers along. And then there's police and military wandering around, looking over everyone's shoulder, making sure you're not doing the wrong thing. I mean, heaven forbid that you might hug and kiss your, your loved one on the other side of the border. Wow. So we, we, we have been... We've become a meme country. We've become, we've become an absolute joke. And I, I hate to break it to you, but the Australia that you thought existed, that rugged, independent, larrikin, etc., that hasn't existed for about 50 years. That country disappeared before I was born. And finally, now, the world is realizing what we've become. Wow. It's, it's, such, it's such an important note that... Again, this is a warning 
to all of us. Now, you, Topher, I mean, you said that you feel like you're starting to lose hope for your nation. I want to give two perspectives because we got about five to seven minutes left. One, you're someone living in Australia. What are you doing? What is your recommendation to the 30-year-old or the father with two kids? They don't know what to do, but they want to get involved. They want to be a part of it. And then twofold, what is your word to the United States, those that are in the States? I, I would love to hear those two things from you. So to people in Australia, I would say, um, do what I'm doing. And that's, I'm doing two things. Number one, I'm raising my voice. I'm showing up to protests. I'm posting online. I am defying those that tell me that I can't, that I'm not allowed to, and I'm just doing it anyway because these are my human rights and they are nobody else's to take from me. So I will post online. I will show up to protests. I will participate in raising my voice. And I will do that regardless of whether I think we're going to win or not. Because whether or not we win, I want history to record that there were people who stood. Mm. That there were people who understood and raised their voices and did what little they could to try and save Australia from itself. So the chances of winning are irrelevant to the fact that we should all be fighting anyway. So that would be wow. the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say, and it pains me to say it, but I've been saying it now for nearly a year publicly and, and I've been thinking it for a couple of years before all this COVID stuff started, have a plan B. So my, one of my nieces, she's in her teens, asked me where or, or, or what, um, what they, she should do for her own future. And if I'm being honest, then what I said to her is what I should say to everybody else. I looked her in the eye and I said, by the time you're married and having kids of your own, Australia will probably not be the place that you want to live. Mm. And unless something changes radically the place that you want to live will probably not be an English-speaking country. Wow. Because we are all going down the same path. Expect to be immigrating to a non-English-speaking country, learning their language, learning their culture, learning their customs, and for your children to grow up calling that place home. So have a plan B. My Dude, wife that's, and I... That's, that's we odd. Are odd. That's, that, that's like what you just said is so true to the like this that's where it could go i know that it sounds extreme like it could never happen but really could it never it's happen happened before it's happened before it can, it, it can happen again and right now we're on that path now that's not to say that we should stop fighting let me be really really clear we we have a lot we owe it to our ancestors who gave us the freedoms that we have to fight for them and to try and preserve them. But there comes a point where if, if the tide is going out, then no matter what you do with a bucket and how quickly you try and scoop that water back up the beach, the tide is going out, right? Mm -hmm. And that's us, we're, we're, we're scooping water with the bucket. But if the tide is going out and if the culture is decaying to that point, then unfortunately there comes a point where all we can actually do is say, okay, I'm not gonna stay here and suffer with all of you uh, and s suffer from your stupidity. So those would be the right. two things that I would say to Australians. Fight like hell, but look after your family and think about what that means. My family, we are getting second passports so that we're not dependent on the Australian passport anymore. The mm. Australian passport is trash. It's, it's, the Australian government has completely devalued the Australian passport. It is worthless now. So wow. we're getting a second passport that will allow us to travel around the world and give us residency rights in other parts of the world so that we've got options for what we want to do. We're not leaving Smart. yet, but we are putting in place this, the, the necessary infrastructure Backup so that plan. we can. Yeah. So in terms of what I would say to Americans, listen, you have a lot to be proud of and you guys get knocked all the time by me, by Australians, by British, by everyone else for being these arrogant, loud mouth Americans, you know, oh, it's all about America, the whole world revolves around you, blah, blah, blah. Well, you guys are at an amazing little moment in history where the American empire is crumbling. And I know that you guys don't like to think of it as that, but it's, no, it's, it's been that. It is. American projection of power, the American empire is crumbling. Your ability to play cop around the world is, is crumbling. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't really care. What does it mean for you? How do you respond and what, what moment do you find yourself in it and what you should you do about it? You need to get your country back to its roots, hmm. right? Your country was never supposed to be projecting power around the world. Read the Federalist wow. Papers, have a look at your constitution, have a look at how it was set up. You were never supposed to be doing that stuff in the first place. So when people look at that and say, the American empire is crumbling, America is crumbling. No, the stuff that should never have existed in the first place is what's crumbling. 
Wow. You haven't Ooh. lost your freedom yet. You haven't lost your right to bear arms. It's been abrogated. You, you, there is, there's a lot of restrictions that should not exist, but you still have it. You haven't lost your right to free speech. Again, you get punished, you get pilloried, you get you know, deplatformed, etc. Yep. But it's, all of that is still there. And that's what you've got to get back to because that's what made you guys unique in the mm. first place. The reason why America came, went from being a struggling outlying colony 250 odd years ago to being the world's superpower for the last 60 years was because of that foundation that you guys wow. were built on. You guys need to get back to that foundation. Forget everything else. Strip the federal government, government of its power. Literally just defund and remove the vast majority of bureaucracies. Get, just get back to the basics, the core. Competitive federalism under a system of laws that granted and guaranteed rights to the citizens. That is what you were built on. That's what you've got to get back to. Wow. That, I mean, and this is what we talk about. We, me and Ross, we have the paper. Three steps to practically pressure your local government officials. How to get involved. Ross has been working on this for the last two weeks where he is literally showing up to school board meetings. He is organizing locally. This is why we talk about this. And Topher, dude, you just hit it on the nail. It is time for us to get back to our roots. Um, and then I love what you said, prepare a backup plan, because that is re the reality. If we're not, that we should. I mean, for me, my backup plan when I was living in California was like, yo, if they do these passports, they do another lockdown, I'm moving back to Florida. That was my backup plan, even though in such a small, you know, it's, it's a very, way on a more smaller scale. But I left California and took the move to Florida. I was like, I got to be with family. I want to feel safe. I, like all the other bells and whistles you don't care about anymore when you are, in, you are facing it, possibly losing your freedoms. But it's true. When it comes down to we haven't lost the right to bear arms. We have not lost our free speech. We can still protest. We still have these things. And if we don't get back to the roots, we will lose these things. Ross, you have any thoughts, bro? Yeah, I mean, plenty. I mean, golly, it's like... How much more pressure do you want? How much more pressure do you want before you decide to stand up and say something? You know, it's, it, it's costing me a lot to get involved with local stuff. Like I'm half, like, it's like a lot, like it's a full-time job almost. Um, it's like a full-time job almost. This is like a full-time job almost. And then I have to still make money somehow, you know, but it's like, there's so much at stake right now that, that, you can't afford to be out of the fight. You know, it, it makes sense that the people in World War II that, that weren't able to be drafted, they felt so much shame from not being able to participate that they killed themselves. Right. If I wasn't saying something right now, if I wasn't speaking up right now, I would, it would be like a fire shut up in my bones that I, I, it, would be, it would eat me alive. You know, to watch, to, to, to have awareness of the temperature meter and to watch your, I have, I'm about to have three kids. I've, you know, I've got two little girls and I got one son coming here in the next couple of days. And it's like, my brain is only thinking about, do they even get like to hang out with their buddies and play sports outside? Do they even get a chance to be, to like exist without like the Chinese, uh, overstate, uh, observing every one of their interactions because they have as many cameras as they have people. You know, like, do they, we're so close. We're so close to this thing going so bad. And I'm just praying to God that we get a 50-year, just for the sake of getting to live. I just want a 50-year thing before the Lord decides to return or whatever's going to happen. Because I think everybody who's watching this, Christian or not, you understand this is an apocalyptic ending of whatever thing happens is going to be an apocalyptic event of some sort, because this wasn't instituted in four countries. It's like 200 plus countries are instituting the same thing at the same time. This is unique in all of history, and it is yep. a massive transition of power. So true. Um, and we're, we're coming on uh, 54 minutes. I want to give you, we still got it. We still have a nice little second. And I heard, I heard this, the Great Awakening is the answer to, is the defense against the Great Reset. Yeah. I heard that. That's really so good. So that's good. Well, yeah, and... And another another thing that's been going around social media, I've read this a, three or four times, is if the if these governments have 
are, can break the law because of emergency orders, then what is going to stop them from creating emergencies to continue to break the law? Which kind of goes back to Topher's point, which is, hey, it's happened in these emergencies that they're able to literally not meet <laughs> and pass legislation and not have the functioning government that we hired them and paid them to do. They're still getting their paychecks. The businesses are shut down, but they're still getting paid. The police are still getting paid to, to keep, make sure that we're still shut down, but they're not meeting and they're not doing their job. And that's why, and that's the fear here. It's like if they, if just like 9-11, just like COVID, if they are able to break the law because of an emergency, then why would they not continue to create emergencies to break the law? And it's kind of uh, really the point that we're, a lot of us, even conspiracy theorists that people like to call us, is like, hold on, hold on, do not take away our rights. You've already, we've already seen what's happened every single time there's a crisis um, that we feel is half the time fabricated. Topher, do you have any final thoughts before we get to the, we close out this section? Look, you said the word conspiracy theorist. Um, I, I've stopped calling them conspiracy theories and started calling them spoiler alerts. Yeah. Because uh, like that's that. what they've become. And, and I, I, I want to leave with this thought. In, 2000, well, in, in 2019, if you had told the people of Australia that they would be locked in their homes with a curfew imposed and fines, uh, huge fines for le just for, for shopping at the wrong time of day or for leaving their house twice instead of only once, nobody would have believed you. They would have called mm. you a crazy conspiracy theorist. Yep. In 2020, if you had said, in fact, we were saying, and, and so I know this for a fact, uh, we said, hey, they're going to try and in introduce vaccine passports. They're going to segregate society based on who's been vaccinated and who is not. And guess what? We got called conspiracy theorists. Wow. Right. In 2021, they are now shoving vaccine passports down our throats. Now, we... This ends when enough of us say no. This, this is the only thing that actually limits government, is the people actually not taking it anymore. Hmm. We have in the Australian system, in the Westminster system, all these checks and balances that are supposed to keep the government under control. They have failed. I would argue in the US, you've got your Bill of Rights, you've got these things. They have by and large failed. I don't think the US federal government is, is limited in any meaningful sense of the word, and your states clearly are, are not you know, following the law, we understand a lot of that. So bills of rights don't stop governments from abusing their own people. The Westminster system does not stop governments from abusing their own people. The only thing that is actually effective at limiting the power of government is the power of the people. That's it. So good. And if you're not willing to stand up and exercise that power, then I'm sorry, but you don't deserve the freedoms that you were given. Amen. No, it's, that's, that's such, such a good point right there to end. I, I love that. And again, this is why we do what we do. One, you know, Topher was saying, Ross was even saying, this is like the number one thing that's the little good news is that there's awareness. People are starting to wake up, as Topher said. Um, and the reason why is because we are, we've been sounding the alarm, whether it's social media, whether it's videos, whether it's talking to your friends or getting involved in local politics, people are waking up. Poll, num poll numbers for these politicians, they're dropping. That's why you see Biden's uh, poll numbers drop. You're seeing the, the governor of, of Victoria, I, sorry, I call it governor premier, um, drop, drop in numbers. And the reason why is because people are becoming aware. And that's why we do what we do. But with awareness, you have to take action. And what is the action? You get involved. You pressure your politicians. You let them know you're watching. You show up to your school board meetings. You show up. You vote out these freaking rhinos or you vote out these globalists or you run for office and primary them. Whatever it is, you have to start getting involved. We have to start organizing. And this is why one thing that, you know, we haven't announced this yet. We're going to announce it tomorrow night, but Speak Truth Without Fear, we are going to be launching very soon a membership community online. It's going to be a digital platform to help organize people. And one of the first things that we're going to do, and I love that Topher brought up this Get Back to the Roots, one of the first courses that we are going to do together as a community is called the Constitution 101. And we're going to get back and we're going to take a couple hundred people through this course together. I'm going to do it myself and us I'm as doing a, it too. Ross is going to do it. And us as a community, we're going to go back. And I love that you said it, Topher. We're going to get back to the roots. We're going to go through the Constitution. We're going to read all of it. We are going to have dialogue and discussion. And then we are going to, once we can, once we actually can see 
like everything that we've been told or we know that we believe or we've, we've heard about it, but we actually can see it and read it and we know why, find out why our founding fathers put it there and the reasons why, we are going to have a whole different perspective of the country that we live in today and the freedoms just as being a, the, the rights that are given not by government, not by country, but by God. And that is the point of this, is, is we are going to do this. And so again, if you want to get more information on that, we also have a document we'll send you. You go to speaktruthwithoutfear.com. All you got to do is put in your email, the welcome email. It has all the information. We're also going to tell you about the membership that we're going to be doing soon. I'm so stoked about that. Uh, Topher, I'm going to leave you on. We, we have every, at the end, we like to end on a high note because this politics stuff is just, it can be heavy. It's heavy. It's depressing. I mean, the good news, we've already talked about it. Good news. Poll numbers are dropping everywhere. Joe Biden dropped 10 points just on independence alone. We already hear the numbers of we are winning the narrative in the discussion when it comes to COVID passports. I mean, I don't know if you heard this, Topher. Last week, Yahoo.com did a, did a poll on their main page, and they asked, they asked for Americans, 35,000 people voted, if a restaurant required the vaccine passport – um, to enter in your restaurant, would you support that? Would you go to that restaurant and support it? 80% said no, um, which just shows that there's an awareness. There is good news that is happening. But we have a new segment that we've been, uh, <laughs> I love this. We have a new segment that we've been introducing over the last week, and it's called Clown World. And uh, Ross, Ross, what is the Clown World for the day? Well, Rand Paul was right again, everybody. Fauci lied and people died and now he's caught with a Freedom of Information Act. Power. <laughs> Gain of function is real. Yep. They knew about it. He lied. He Fauci lied. That's, yep, that's just for if anybody wants to, to remember. We have to keep this rolling theme because it's so consistent. It's like everybody says. Like you said a second ago, conspiracy theorists is just spoiler alerts. It's the truth, dude. It's so, and now everybody's a conspiracy theorist. Thank God everybody's waking up now. This took too damn long. Dude, I mean, this is one of the three things that we have been trumpeting over the last six months is what happened on November 3rd, who was responsible for January 6th, and where did the coronavirus come from? Because if we figure out these three things, the entire world system, globalist system crumbles. It just does. Because then we can find out and really pinpoint who is responsible for this global pandemic because that really is the crime of the century is what this virus did, not to America, not to Australia, the entire world. I mean, the average blow, Joe Blow, the, the middle class, completely got squished because of this virus. And you have liars like Fauci, who is the god of science and the god of health that has continued to lie over and over again and has been wrong about everything from the vaccine to big pharma to, to, masks. The, to the mask. And now everything. he's lied under oath. Put this dude in jail. Investigate him. And that's what Rand Paul and you have guys that are saying. Um, I'm going to do one more clown world. Can we do one more? I just more don't know how far <laughs> it's going to go, though. I don't know how much farther it's going to go. Like, I'm wondering, since getting involved in, like, some local or politics, I'm wondering, like, how many more people have to, how inconvenient do we have to make it for the tentacles of totalitarianistic efforts that are occurring in the country to, to halt? Like, how yeah. deep does it go? specifically how long will they wait what will they like if i was them and the rest of the world just bent over for me like the rest of the world just did even if the united states decided to like buck up a little bit if i was already in league in the united states i would go hey joe biden can you request the un's presence please to help you root right. out racism and and uh, and unvaccinated threats and for world safety and then boom there's the army the u.s military don't mean nothing now they got disbanded or what happens oh they can't communicate Oh, too bad. Facebook kicked everybody off. You have no way of communicating with each other. What are you going to? What are you going to use radios? Okay, go ahead. Fourteen of you resisted per city. You know what I'm saying? Like it would. It would be. I just like it would. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? I just don't like. I don't know. I don't no. know what's going to happen with this. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it. it it's. We, well, right now, I feel like nothing is going to happen. Nothing will happen until 2022. If we get a Republican House, Republican House and Senate back, which I believe we will. I mean, just historically and. 
I mean, it's the, the numbers for the, for the blue are not looking good. Um, so, but I don't think anything will happen until next year. I mean, the investigations, the Democrats, they run it. And that's okay. We'll, we're we're going to get back in office um, as long as we continue this fight of election integrity. And now there's some good news. Texas just passed a very strong law for election integrity. And so th- th- there are good things happening. They get overshadowed. Um, I think we're going to call because we're at an hour and five minutes. Um, again, if you're listening... First of all, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to listen to the podcast. And we know you have so many other podcasts to listen to. Um, and, and there's no fee. There's no advertising in this podcast. So the one thing that we ask is if for some reason you learned something and from us three bozos up here, <laughs> just joking, uh, from us or you got some value, please leave a review. Give this a share. Um, Topher, where can people find you on social media? Okay, so facebook.com forward slash Topher Field, at Topher Field on Instagram, or via my blog, topherfield.net. So that's T-O-P-H-E-R-F-I-E-L-D.net. And uh, the best thing to do would be to subscribe to my newsletter. You can drop your email address in on the right-hand side at topherfield.net. That way, I can stay in touch with you when inevitably I do get booted off all the socials because we all know it's going to happen sooner or later. No, exactly. Yeah, seriously. Toe for tea. Toe for, I, had, I had a good time meeting you, man. Seriously. Yes. I, hey, it's been fun. Thank you both so much. No, yeah, we fo- love. Follow me, Topher. I'll, I'll follow you on Instagram. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. No, we, we love we loved having you, Topher. Uh, stay on for one second. And everyone, again, thank you so much for listening. Speaktruthwithoutfear.com. Leave a review and uh, give us a share. And we will see you on Friday. <laughs>